When you go out with somebody, do you paint a picture of them in your head and then proceed to build up all kinds of expectations for them before you've even met them? Yeah, I do. And not only do I paint a picture of who they are as a person, but I sort of had this bad habit of like setting this expectation of who they're going to be in the relationship of like where we're going to be without even meeting them. We've had a couple of text convers, you know, interactions and I've seen their picture and then it's like, I've already, I already know who you are. And if you don't live up to that expectation, you've somehow failed me. This episode is about entitlement. I think this is something that we all do. To be fair, it's hard not to because that's the goal of a dating profile is let me tell you more about who I am. It doesn't come with a disclaimer like this is probably partially untrue or exaggerated. And if it is true, just a fraction of who I am in my best, most prepared way. (laughs) This is not me, you know, in my underwear on a Sunday watching Netflix. It's challenging to have this vision of somebody, right? You create this like vision board in your head of this person based on they have a really nice dog and I'm going to ha- I'm going to hang out with that dog or cat. It's hard to meet that cat and then break up. I'm just telling you. Anyway, um <laughs> that's like a real challenge, but whatever. So, <laughs> it's tough to not get excited about a person based on what you think you know of them. First of all, you are taking everything in through your own filter. Your filter is a combination of all the things happening in your head at the same time. All the things that have recently happened to you, your filter could have been different five years ago. You don't know. So you're taking all of these perceived things in through your own filter, and then you're coming up with conclusions about them and then you start to feel like they should be that way and you are entitled to them being that way and none of that is correct so there's a lot of futility in you know trying to get to know someone through an app I don't think that that's a thing that you can actually do you know I don't think that there's anything wrong with the shotgun approach what's the shotgun approach the shotgun approach is when you just swipe on uh and I just had a conversation about this uh this weekend with someone who met their partner on a dating app but he said yeah you know i used it i I had the shotgun approach and i just swiped on everyone i thought was attractive i didn't read profiles um because what does it matter what religion they are or what their job is or what does any of that matter if they don't like me back right Hmm. if i think they're attractive am i gonna not swipe right on them because of this other thing on their profile And even if that's the case, even if that thing makes me not swipe right, is that going to be the the better option? No, because that's just like a thing that I'm judging them for. I don't denounce the shotgun approach. If you think someone is attractive, swipe right. And if they like you back, then you can look at their profile and see if there's any kind of, you know, real compatibility. And I think that that's what happens when you swipe right on someone and you message them and they don't message you back. They finally looked at your profile. And they saw that, I don't know, you're a Trump supporter, or not that I imagine many of them would be, you know, listening to this podcast, but, uh, you know, whatever it is, you are, you know, a foot shorter than them, or whatever it is, right? You spelled something wrong. Or you spelled something wrong, or you're traveling, or, Mm -hmm. and that person's not looking for that, or you are, you know, you have children, or you are separated, or you have some baggage, or whatever, right? 
so I think that the shotgun approach actually prevents you from thinking too much about somebody before you kind of get things going with them. Yeah. And we kind of brought this up in an earlier episode um, on the bio where, you know, so much goes into the story that you tell with your pictures and your profile. I think the shotgun approach works better for men because I think you do as a woman have to be a little bit more cautious with who you swipe right on because then they can message you. And then they can harass you. Once that door's open, yeah. Right. So there Which is... Which is another aspect of entitlement. Oh, yes. Which, I mean, you kind of take it back a little bit. It's once that door's open, once that connection's made, how much is expected of women? And I, I mean, this is going to be a, a fairly one-sided mm-hmm. argument because I don't know that women do it back. I haven't heard of too many guys that are like... Man, I got stalked by this woman or Yeah, but this is the this is also why I got banned from Tinder, right? Yes. Is because I matched with people to get, you know, dating stories and just talk about dating. And I didn't want any money from them. I didn't, you know, I wasn't scamming them. I just wanted to have a conversation. And they were so upset that I did, you know, a lot of them told me to go fuck myself. A lot of them called me names. Um, and this was like in the span of like four hours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were like, wait, you don't, you don't want to date me? And I had, I detailed in my profile what I was looking for, but they, you know, they didn't read it. Right. And they matched with me and then they got upset because they felt like entitled to me. And when I expressed a desire that wasn't in line with what they wanted, they, you know, ran and told mommy. Yeah. Or just. (laughs) told your face that you were garbage to them. Like you, right. Yeah, you were yeah. less of a person. Right. They were so offended by the fact that I didn't want to sleep with them. A lot of them were cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of them were not. What else could they have done? Right. Over text. They were as violent as they could have been via text. Yeah. If we were in person, who knows what that would have turned into. So it's incredible how dangerous <laughs> It is for women out there. At least on Tinder, I get a lot of like, hey, want to fuck? And I'm like, no, not really what I'm here for. And people are annoyed that, that I'm not using Tinder the exact same way they are. You know, I think a lot of guys get, get kind of get the shift in this bipartisan, you know, sexual revelation between men and women. We make light of things like gender equality. I hear people say me too in jest all the time. I hate that. It's a matter of life and death for people. Yeah. Like it is not something to be t- like people are dying out there because women are killed. They by went their out partners. with the wrong person. Yeah. They pissed somebody off. Yeah. It sucks. Domestic violence is huge. It's got to change. And nobody talks about it. Yeah. It's really very tragic. If you talk to the right people, you're going to find the one or two women out there that abuse their husbands. And there's a whole men's rights movement (laughs) and the red pill and all that other shit. But the the fact of the matter is men are violent. Yeah. I mean... And it comes out in an environment like this. And when you're out dating people, they're at their worst because you're asking them to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Men don't like being vulnerable. No... We don't like having our ego shattered. Yeah. 
I'm actually trying to look up some DV stats. Okay, so this is from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, the NCADV. And they have quite a few statistics on domestic violence. They have many, many, many fact sheets. On average, and this is just on their homepage, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. So that's 10 million men and women. One in four women versus one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner contact sexual violence, and or stalking. This is real. One in ten women have been raped by an intimate partner. These are not statistics to be proud of. These are people that you know. This is not just some statistic that goes out into the world and, and never comes back. You probably know someone who has been assaulted or raped or was you know severely injured by maybe not someone they met online but certainly a domestic partner 72 percent of all murder suicides involve an intimate partner and 94 percent of these victims are female hold on 72 percent of murder suicides involve an intimate partner and 94 percent of the victims of the murder suicides are female astounding right so this is yeah so this is real and this you know it's it's all over the internet and there's statistics all you have to do is just google it that's that was the first thing that came up and so what what guys fail to understand is that when women are cautious going out on dates Mm -hmm. or being alone outside or you know any of those things that as men we kind of look at as like oh she's just being a, a poor damsel in distress like yeah there's a real threat out there. Oh, yeah. There was this article, it was like last year, it was. It came up on my Facebook feed. There was this like conference or something where they asked uh, women to write down all the things that they do to protect themselves against men or what they do to prevent themselves from getting assaulted or raped or whatever. And so they asked all the women to list them on one side and all the men to list it on the other side. And the men had nothing. Nothing. And the list for women was so long. I mean, you can't go running after dark. You have to take pepper spray when you go to your car. I mean, I do these things all day and don't even think about it. I mean, just looking at the difference in in first date strategies between you and I, you have a bar that you go to where you know the people. Oh, yeah. Have have I I detailed this before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listeners are aware. There's a whole bar. My strategy, (laughs) I go to the place that's closest to wherever the person I'm going on a date lives. Part of that is because should things happen to go really well, we're right around the corner from her place. <laughs> how shitty is that? <laughs> like just the, the inequality of, of how we plan out our first dates. Yeah, that's bananas. It's bananas. And yeah. like, we're not in these terribly dangerous parts of town. No. No, that was that was like Lincoln Park where I we're did that. We're dating fairly affluent people mm-hmm. I mean the guys that you date you you don't date anybody that makes less than seven figures I mean you're just stop that's <laughs> not true it's not true it's six but I mean like <laughs> these are well to do gentlemen but there's still that fear of my safety could be at risk oh yeah that's why I had the bar around the corner from my apartment because if something happened I could just run home in heels in whatever I mean, it was like muscle memory, right? I wasn't looking for where to go or that was my domain. The bartenders would watch my drink. They would take very good care of me. The owner would come over and say hi and he was, you know, a tall, intimidating man. But these were all things that made it comfortable for me to meet a stranger. 
someone recently offered to pick me up for a first date and I said no and I got a lot of pushback because he was offended he's like well I'm I'm like not gonna kill you I'm like really safe like you that's weird and I said this is like a safety protocol if I thought you were gonna kill me I wouldn't meet you at all but I'm not about to break pattern now I will see you at the restaurant that's kind of a problem too is when somebody expresses that they have a safety concern trying to talk them out of it it was weird yeah yeah it'd be like if you were like hey can you walk me to my car it's dark out I was like no you're fine like no, there's a safety concern. You walk, right. yeah. get outside. No, you're you're fine. You'll live. <laughs> you might not live. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. So then I just kind of chill, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed. Good night. And then he texts me the next day, and he's like, good morning. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, good. And I'm like, it's a great day. And then whatever, it's like bullshit. The next day, which is yesterday, he texts me, good morning. It's 11:45, and I go, good morning. How are you doing? And he goes, you've been mute, haven't you? And I said, I've been mute. And he goes, yeah, you didn't even have time to text me good morning. Okay, understand, I've had like three conversations with this guy. <clears throat> and I go, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I've had two meetings this morning, I'm sorry. He goes, we're all busy. But you didn't, have, you didn't even have the decency to text me good morning, two days in a row. So, I mean, that's like the, the extreme of it, is, is looking at your safety. But there's other ways that entitlement rears its ugly head. If you're in a, a safe relationship with somebody that you, you trust and mm-hmm. you guys, you know, things are going well, the way that your relationship is understood, where you're at in the relationship, how you define the relationship, considering somebody your girlfriend or boyfriend right away because they went out with you once or twice, getting offended if they still have the apps on their phone. So those are a lot of like control issues, right? You can't control somebody and it's not right to do that and the truth of the matter is that like you know we talked about this in in the last episode and I'll reiterate it is that nobody owes you anything this is a new generation of dating where no one is stuck you can leave anytime people get divorced they break up they split custody they do all kinds of things and they do it just fine you're not going to trap anybody and if you try to control them number one eventually it will, you know, get out of control to the point of abuse, probably. And number two, you know, if they haven't left you yet, they will. And they should. So, like, you're not a good partner. You're not contributing anything to that revolving door of, you know, people that we all date. Three, like, what do you get out of forcing someone to do something? Don't you want someone to love you and be devoted to you of their own volition what do you get out of forcing someone to get off the dating apps by instilling fear in them and if you're out to get power you need therapy you don't need a girlfriend right you probably have some kind of you know issue with your parents or maybe you were abused as a child whatever it is you have your own problems to work on if you can't live and let live you got to look inside and figure out what's going on normal is letting people be who they are and do things on their own terms and on their own timeline. You can't force anything, especially these days. It's not like women are, you know, tethered to men because they don't have jobs or, you know, they can't go outside or whatever it is. That's not the case anymore. And there is a catalog of men who are not doing that or women who are not doing that that are like ready and waiting to hang and you know do whatever feeling entitled to things from your partner 
is usually not advisable. I do think that there are some social contracts in place, right? Once you have a conversation about fidelity, you don't then go and break that agreement, right? Lying, a lot of, you know, these like deceitful things. Those, I think, you know, you should be entitled to honesty and, uh, and fidelity if that's, if that's the foundation of your, of your relationship. But for most other things, you can't really expect much of people. That's like the door holding, the flowers. I'll say this. I don't think it's expected, but part of why I like knew that my current partner was somebody I really wanted to be with was because he did all of that very early on. You know, he walked me home after the first day. He walked on the outside of the street. He brought me flowers on the second day. And I love it. I ended up, I just think that's so kind. I just think it's an act of kindness. I think if you do it with any expectation of reward, and that's where the, the issue is. If the men do stuff for women with the expectation that they're going to be rewarded and primarily rewarded with sex, that the problem arises. Entitlement only breeds resentment. It does. Regardless of what the structure of a relationship is. There's really no point in, in expecting anything from anyone. Because, I mean, truthfully, like, listen, the first thing people are going to do is let you down. Especially if you have a laundry list of things that you want from them from the outset. You're only going to hurt yourself in the end. It's better to just learn somebody and see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, then part ways. You're only doing yourself a disservice if, if you paint this picture of them and then you think, oh, you know, well, you sh- you know, I expect that you should only date me because we've been on three dates and, you know, I won't have sex with you until you agree and blah, blah, blah. You know, all these kind of things I just made up. But Games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the goal is control. And, and like I said, that's not really a healthy way to, like, engage with someone. Yeah. You know? Far better to just communicate. Yeah. Just stay in constant communication. Yeah. Here's where we're at. Here's where I want to be. Are you on the same page as me? Yeah. What happens when you expect all of these things from someone, but you don't do a lick of that yourself? For example, I go to the gym mm-hmm. several times a week. There are many, many, many foods that I don't eat. Every year, I give up a different food. I tell this to people and their faces just twist in all different kinds of directions. There are things I haven't eaten in a decade. Yeah, I mean, I bust my ass. Mm-hmm. Every year, I take the thing that I have eaten the most and I stop eating that. Do you know what kind of mind fuck that is? <laughs> and yeah. I do it to myself because because it's a form of discipline, number one. Mm-hmm. And like after a couple of years, you can eat that thing every now and then. And I don't have that craving for it the way I did like that year, right? Where I like I just ate way too much pot. Like last year, I ate way, way too much pasta. And now I don't eat pasta anymore. I live in Chicago and I don't eat pasta. What kind of life is that? <laughs> you know? Some of the best Italian food is in the city. So anyway, I do it to myself. But the point is, I am fighting against it and I'm doing everything I can to, you know, look the way that I do. And I was, like, fat shamed. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you I'm about it. Put the punchline here. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was, I was fat shamed by a man with no muscle tone. Can you believe? <laughs> I mean, the the story could end with I was fat shamed by a man. It's terrible. 
the fact that right. he was. But also, like, he has no muscle tone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have been going to the gym since I was a teenager. I recently wore my junior high turnabout dress to a wedding. So you're killing it. I am killing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, you know, good taste. That was the most severe form of entitlement because this pudge sat in front of me and like said these things, which I won't repeat, but unbelievable. The average size of the American woman is in the double digits. And I have been in the single digits my whole life. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of how I look. Mm -hmm. I love how I look. It's great. But the nerve of this guy to sit there and expect something of me. He can't lift as much weight as I do. He doesn't have the endurance I do. He doesn't have the dedication or the discipline. He doesn't even meal plan. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's got to be the most millennial insult. My fridge is like quinoa and, you know. And just Pyrex containers up to your chin. Yes. I do my big freeze down. I mean, it is. Yeah. I'm like giving up red meat. All these things are happening. I might live forever. We don't know. Probably not with the volume of alcohol. But, you know, close to it. Got to balance. But the fact that, like, somebody has the nerve to expect that. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only one. There are a lot of of out-of-shape men who expect women to be in shape. But my thing is, if you don't do it yourself, whatever it is, you cannot expect it of somebody else. You can't expect to date someone who makes a lot of money, maybe, unless you do. It's great if you end up with somebody, but if that's what you're looking for, it's unfair, right? If you're looking for someone who's super, super hot, super fit, takes really great care of themselves, but you're a schlub, that's unfair. Your lifestyles are totally different. Why does this person have to settle for you when they could find someone who is more in line with you know, their level of discipline or excellence or whatever it is? This is my point. If you want something from someone, whether you want them to be kind or be nice to your family or you want them to be a good lover or whatever it is, whatever you expect from somebody, you should try to accomplish that yourself. Number one, because you can see how difficult it is to do that and to be that person. You'll, you'll gain some appreciation for who they are and how they are the way that they are. But also because like, what makes you deserve that? Because you feel entitled. Because you feel entitled to it. I met a girl that it was perfect. We had a really, really good relationship. And she was a flight attendant. She worked crazy hours like myself. And out of the blue, she hits me up with videos about watching, you know, like kids opening up Christmas presents and kids doing this, kids doing that, which I thought was weird, but whatever. Um, and then she she got drunk one night and she just hits me up like, oh, we're not on the same page. We don't do this. We don't do that. I want kids. And mind you, I don't even know this woman's last name. We were a strictly physical relationship. And then she hits me up with it. She wants kids. I'm like, that's not something that, like, that's very, very, very faux pas in 2019. You just don't do that when it's made very, very clear on what someone is doing with online dating. 